you very much. Well, good morning, everyone. Yesterday was lovely, wasn't it? Beautiful day. Uh, I went up St. Mary's with some of my boys. Do, does anyone go up to St. Mary's? It's beautiful out there, isn't it? And then uh, St. Martha, sorry. I'm still half asleep. I was wondering why you were looking confused. Um, and then we had a family game of rugby yesterday afternoon, which is always hazardous. I managed to injure Bex, so that's not very good, isn't it? But Fred and I, he's my four-year-old, we could do with some more people on our team. So if any of you ever fancy a game of, a game of rugby with the family, you'd be very welcome to join us. Now, last Sunday was Vision Sunday, wasn't it? In which I started to speak about the vision of the church in this new season, and uh, as we begin, why not turn to the person next to you and tell them what the vision for the church is in this new chapter? If you're on your own, just think yourself if you can remember. Any ideas from the floor? Any ideas? Say that again. Yes. We had a natty phrase, didn't we? Love God, love people, make a difference. That's it. Love God, love people, make a difference. And I also said, look, we're going to be um, creating a multi-generational family. And uh, I spelt that wrong. Uh, I discovered on my spell checker, I, I said we're going to cr- be creating a, a big, muttly generational family, <laughs> which is probably true as well. And um, we're going to be prioritizing local mission. I'm not going to repeat everything I said last week, but if you missed last week, I'd encourage you to listen online if you're able to do that, or uh, we can make the text of that available if uh, you prefer text as opposed to listening online. This Sunday is Gift Sunday. Gift Sundays, in my mind, I don't know what you make of them. I think they're an opportunity to really reflect again on the goodness and love and generosity of God, to have the opportunity to really give financially to the church, and also to be given some pretty basic teaching again, to be reminded of some basic teaching around financial uh, giving for us as Christians. And I know many of you, as per normal uh, uh, procedure here, would have been sent the uh, packs, the gift day packs. A number of you are nodding, so hopefully you've had those uh, either last Sunday or you got them in the post early last week. If you haven't, don't worry, we've got lots of spare ones. And what we're going to do is have the opportunity to, to give our completed forms as part of our worship Uh, this morning. So I hope that sounds like a good plan and you're up for it. Before I do jump in, I want to really start with a big thank you to all of you who give very, very generously, financially to the work of the church. I know you give in all sorts of other ways too, but as it's gift day, I did just want to thank you for your generosity. And um, it's really, really significant. The church can be as healthy and as vibrant as it is for all sorts of reasons, but actually, you know, financially and the financial support you give is critical to that. I also want to embarrass a few people and thank Neil, Andy, Jill, Chris, Stephen, Jonathan, and Raj. 
our finance team for all they do because actually uh, there's a lot of work involved in ensuring our money here is professionally, appropriately and honestly managed and they do a fantastic job, quite frankly. So should we give them a quick round of applause? Ram Raj. Uh, I want to briefly just reflect on those few verses from Romans, and basically, in short, when we come to faith, we're called to worship God wholeheartedly, aren't we? And just to put these verses in context, Paul has been setting out in the book of Romans the extraordinary things that God has done, and even a, an overview sets out remarkable truths about what God has done in Christ. He's given us the opportunity to stand righteous before God when we exercise faith in Jesus in chapter 3. He offers us peace and joy in chapter 5. We die to sin and become alive to Christ, would you believe it, in chapter 6. And we have the opportunity to live our lives empowered by the Holy Spirit uh, in chapter 8 to defeat death and go on to future glory in chapter 8 too. So these are, these are absolutely remarkable things that God has done in Christ. And we catch up with Paul. He says, in light of this, therefore, in verse 1, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So we're to offer our bodies um, and that really speaks of our whole selves to God. Our worship, isn't it, is to offer our whole selves uh, to God. So Paul is saying our worship isn't just about saying prayers or singing worship songs or going to church or reading the Bible. Our worship actually, though it includes all of these things, is far more extensive, isn't it, in response to what God has done. It involves our whole being, our thoughts, our habits, the way we relate to other people, the way we speak to others, what we do with our possessions, and even what we do with our money. I don't know how you feel about this radical call to worship. It's intense. It's all-embracing. It's an extraordinary call to worship. The truth is, people are all worshippers, and we're made in the image of God, so we always worship something. We always worship something. And uh, we worship bands, sports stars, clothes, lifestyles. However, Paul is just reminding us that when we come to faith in Christ and go on with Christ, whether being Christian two years or two minutes or 80 years, we're to worship this extraordinary God who's done amazing things in Christ. So according to Paul, our worship demands our actions as well as our voices, our believing and thinking and lifestyle choices, as well as our singing. And as part of our worship, the relevance of this is also uh, part of our worship relates to what we do with our money. And we're to lead lives that, in verse 2, are countercultural, that no longer conform to the patterns of this world but uh, in uh, uh, being transformed by the renewing of our minds, we just live very differently in all sorts of areas, including what we do uh, with our money. So as we think about giving financially to the work of the church, I think a, qu- a fair question, isn't it, is why does God 
call us to give some of our money away? Why, as Christians, uh, are we called to give some of our money away? Uh, In a sentence, we're called to give in response to God's amazing generosity towards us. That's the basic thing. We give away. God has been very generous to us. He's blessed us, so we give and bless others. That's the simple response. God uh, has been so generous. Uh, He's created the world. He continues to bless it and sustain it. Psalm 65, verse 9. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain, and so on and so on. Up at St. Martha's, not St. Mary's yesterday, with my two boys, we were racing up to the top, playing tag, and when we got to the top, it's an extraordinary view from the top up there, isn't there? Of just God's creation and his ongoing sustaining of, of, of where we live. It's part of his generosity that he does that. God has generally, generously blessed us with his love. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. It's a generous act of God that he's included us in his family, which I spoke about last week. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus, Paul writes to Timothy. So we have this extraordinary generosity that we're caught up in. And of course, the most generous thing God has done is give us his son, isn't it? Uh, Give us Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have life eternal. So God is this generous God. Uh, He's blessed us. He's actually withheld nothing from us. I got those verses read from Ephesians today. I'm not going to have time to go through them, but they really just are an amazing reminder of what God has done. And uh, in the day-to-day busyness of life, in the day-to-day stresses of life, in the day-to-day difficulties of life, we can just lose sight of what God has done in Christ and this extraordinary thing he's done. Paul writes, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He can't give us anything else, such as his generosity. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship and daughtership into his family through Jesus Christ. I could go on, I could go on, I could go on. These are extraordinary words. Um, I'm just uh, reminding us of just the generosity of God. So God has been generous. We're called to worship him in a, in a myriad number of ways. And today we're thinking about this call to uh, give financially to his work, if you like. I guess this raises various questions. Uh, are we financially giving money away? What are we doing with our money? Is our giving regular? Is it free and generous? All these sorts of things. Are there any tips as we consider what to give or how to give? I've got three quick tips this morning. First, it seems we're to give generously. We're to give generously financially. There's an expectation, isn't there, in the New Testament that Christians will set aside a proportion of their income to support the work of their particular church. By this provision, all sorts of 
financial expenses are met, that all churches have um, as they seek to build the kingdom. Staff needs, uh, ministries, equipment, heating bills, lighting bills, all sorts of stuff. We're also encouraged to give to the poor, especially the poor amongst the body of Christ. But uh, actually, the Spirit could direct us to give to all sorts of things, as well as the church and beyond the church. So we're encouraged, aren't we, to give generously. And there's a sense as well that when we give, we receive. Jesus says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you in Luke 6. So there's this odd thing that as we give, we receive a good measure from God. God isn't a stingy God, as we've heard. A good measure, pressed down and shaken. There's a sense, isn't there, I got some crisps from the supermarket the other day. I love crisps. It's a big, massive packet. I thought, great, this is fantastic. I opened them up. There was only about a quarter in the bottom. You know, that's what they do these days. But God presses down uh, and shakes these things, pushes them down, then fills them up right to the top. Is this picture uh, that is being painted here. And um, he gives us to the extent that our crisp packet is running over, if you like. But, of course, we don't give just to mathematically sort of, oh, I'll give, so I'll receive. God gives back to us in all sorts of different ways. Um, But uh, there is that sense that when we give, we receive. Hence Spurgeon's comment, giving is the having. It's just worth remembering that on this gift day. So we're to give generously. Secondly, I suggest we're to give prayerfully uh, as well. The church uh, actually is often taught that we should set aside 10% of our disposable income each month as a starting point if we have regular income. And this, of course, is based on the Old Testament concept of the tithe. Many churches teach that, actually. But I would challenge that just simply because we're actually no longer under the Old Testament law. We're people of the New Testament. And actually, we're to give... Uh, in response to what God wants us to give. So we're to be people of prayer who prayerfully just say to God, okay, God, you know my financial circumstances, you know my bank balance, you know everything about me. I'm, I'm, I'm praying before you, how much would you like me to give? Uh, and so we're seeking to give prayerfully. We're seeking to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will in this regard. And this is important because we never give out of guilt or in response to manipulation. Uh, We just actually give joyfully as the Spirit leads us, don't we? And it could be less than 10%. It could be more than 10%. But we're seeking to be people who are led by God, people of the Spirit. And so that's why we give um, prayerfully. Thirdly, we're to give cheerfully. I don't know how you respond to gift day, whether you turn up and think, oh my goodness, it's gift day, what a nightmare. I wish I'd gone to St. Mary's this morning or another church in Guildford. Uh, Actually, it's interesting, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, each person should give what they've decided in their heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a, a cheerful giver. And there's this sense that Uh, These days, as we reflect on the generosity and goodness of God, 
as we support the work of our church, as we feel God wants us to, with no intimidation or manipulation. Actually, these are joyful days um, in which we can uh, actually support the work of our church. And we're going to have the opportunity to cheerfully give. If you've completed your envelope in a few minutes' time, we're actually going to sing a song. And we've just got this uh, crate at the front. We're going to sing a song. You can just come up whenever you want to. It's an act of worship. Uh, and just put your envelope in the front. And um, that's going to be uh, an opportunity to respond. So let's get practical then as I draw this to a close. Um, on this gift day, I guess, I would say if you're new to the church, uh, I'd ask you to consider financially giving. If you've recently joined, um, I, I'd ask you to think about giving to the church in light of this teaching. And I reckon it takes about three months to work out whether you want to uh, join a church. You need a bit of time to go to services, meet a few people. I mean, I've, I've met people, people spoke last week, didn't they? They came here one Sunday, they yeah. We want to join other people. It might take a few months. But if you've made that decision and aren't presently um, financially giving, I'd, I'd, I'd encourage you to pray and discern what it is God wants you to give along the lines I've mentioned. Secondly, if you're not new but have not yet given, maybe you've been here for a while, you haven't yet given, I'd, I'd encourage you to give. Uh, and I would encourage you to do so uh, and take this opportunity to contribute to the church uh, in this way. Thirdly, if you've decided to give, there's all sorts of different ways you can give, but the preference from our point of view is really by standing order. So regular payments from your bank into the church bank account. So that that means we can budget, we can plan, takes the hassle out of it for you, and uh, means we can make some really, really good decisions and be responsible, knowing what our income is as a church. Now, if you don't want to do that, don't do that. You just give in whatever way you want to, but I wanted to mention that. There's all sorts of other ways. You can just do a one-off donation. You can give, even if you've already regularly given by standing order today, um, if you feel that's what God wants you to do. So I hope that's um, all clear. Uh, we're going to uh, basically have the opportunity to fill out forms for anyone who hasn't had the opportunity. I don't know about you, but um, what can often happen, I don't know whether you're good with paperwork and admin, what we're trying to do is just give you some space to do that today um, if you haven't filled out your form. And all there is, there's a pledge form, a yellow form saying how much you think you'll give. Uh, if you want to set up a standing order, there's this, I think that's MOVE form, if that's fair. And uh, then there's also a gift aid declaration form, which is critical because we can actually get quite a bit um, back, 25% through gift aid. So that's important if you can do that. So we're going to have a time of silence in a minute where we can just bring this to God and to pray and to listen. We're going to have a time where we can actually complete forms. This isn't a heavy thing, by the way. This is just an opportunity to give you the uh, time to respond if you want to. And then we're going to sing a final song, and you can just come forward whenever you want to and put your envelope uh, in the crate at the front, joyfully and cheerfully. And don't think, oh my gosh, if I haven't got my envelope today, um, everyone's going to be looking at me thinking I haven't given. It's, this isn't the scenario here at all. It's just a joyful thing, okay? We're family, we're relaxed, and so we're just going to do this. Now, what I'm going to do, just to get us uh, into the 
um, vibe of this. Who saw my heartbeat video last week? So it's been suggested I play this again by popular demand. I, I actually can't stand watching this thing because I... Who likes seeing themselves on film on the family video at Christmas? It's a bit painful, isn't it? But I'm going to just play this because it's a reminder that what we're trying to do here is have a place, this muttly generational family, multi-generational family, where we can all express our heartbeats. And then we'll have a time of silence, time of form-filling, final song of worship. So here's the heartbeat video. What do you long to see? I long to see a church that is Jesus-focused and Jesus-flavoured. A place that speaks of his heart, his life, and his life-transforming and destiny-transforming message. I long to see a church that refuses to be an inward-looking holy huddle or Christian country club. A place where thousands and thousands of people respond to Jesus and have their lives transformed by him. A church that really welcomes all people, the rich, the poor, the articulate, the uneducated, the marginalized, the mainstream. A church that welcomes everyone, whoever they are, wherever they're from, whatever their background. How are you? You all right? Just making a little film. <laughs> a place where we actually don't just welcome everyone, but actually we accept everyone too, and refuse to judge other people and slap labels on one another. A place that is really, really fun, unpredictable, and free. A place where we actually hold the grace of God together with his truth, his word together with his spirit. A church actually that gets into all sorts of trouble like Jesus did at causes havoc and regularly finds itself on the wrong side of the line. A place that is really, really life affirming and not petty and judgmental and small minded and religious and all the things actually that we can lapse into if we're not careful in the church. That's my heartbeat. What's yours? Love God, love people, make a difference. So who feels they need a form? Has anyone not got a form so far in the post? There's a lady here. Anyone want a form to complete? We've got pens. There's a lady here at the front. Anyone else? Okay, so what we can do, uh, we'll try and find some, some nice music to listen to. It's not manipulative music. It's not going to sort of have, it's not going to have a subtract that says, give 10,000 pounds, that you don't really even know, you can't even hear, but forces you to do it. We'll play some nice music, and um, then we'll have the opportunity uh, in about six minutes time to bring our envelopes forward. Who's got their envelopes with them, by the way? So quite a few of you. Well done. Gosh, that's so efficient and effective. Um, so lots of you got your forms. So um, let's have the opportunity to let people fill these out. Do a bit of praying for the church if you want. 
think about a vision, whatever you want to do, and then we'll sing a final uh, song. All right, sorry.